And now, from the dry hills of Santa Clarita, California, it's time for America's least listened to podcast. It's Christianese with your blessing-filled hosts, Jared Burkholder, Dan Satchoff, and Brian Irwin. That right there is the sound of the updated Hammond B4. It's a new... Uh, it's a new wow. It's a new Bar- version, just came out by NASA. Barb's going with the Hammond B4. Barb got an upgrade. Wow. Her cankles may be getting thicker, but so also is her wallet, and she bought a new organ. Wait, did you say, you said NASA is involved in this organ? They are, yeah. That's, that's crazy. It's a new JPL uh, kind of. So is she conceivably going to be playing the organ on Mars? Well, here's the funny thing. Yeah. Barb was actually cryogenically frozen for many years and then brought back. Um, so I think there's a lot of possibilities of where, Are you where we could send her. And it's great because she actually played the organ for Spurgeon for a while. No way. And then we froze her and then brought her. So she's got so a So it's kind of like Captain America in a way. I know you've never seen the Marvel movies. I don't movies. watch the Marvel movies. Right, because yeah. you're a pastor. And of course, that would be a culture's sin. culture's bad. Yeah. I don't know if right. you Right, know culture is yeah. bad. Absolutely. Culture's evil. Yeah. So... Um, that is a well. Here, here's the thing, because I've also heard that she may be playing on one of the stages at Area 51 because they're doing a big concert there as people storm. I just read that today. Yeah, so she's going to be playing. She got a gig. Barb, our organist, who leads you know. Do you know Christian that the Needs. town near Area 51 yeah. has declared a state of emergency? Of course, because Barb's it's coming. a town of like 600, and they're afraid. <laughs> like they say, uh, sometimes we have a festival and about a thousand people come. They're afraid that like literally 50,000 people are going to show up. They don't have I, toilets. I saw they one. Don't of have the, beds. They I don't saw have one. food or water. I saw. One of the city council meetings, and that's what they were talking. About. <laughs> People are going to be going poop in the middle of the desert. They're going to be defecating everywhere, and and our alien jerky over there is going to get robbed, and it's horrible. And the air force just merely said, "Do not attempt it. It will be perilous and dangerous." <laughs> in other words, we will snipe you. Imagine being you're some new recruit from like. New Jersey, and you just oh. got placed at Area 51. They just handed you a gun, and you're imagining... Shoot to kill. Oh, my word. 50,000 white people are going to rush us. Wait till you see the whites I, of their eyes. They may not all be white people. You never know. That's true. You never know. That's Conspiracy true. theorists come in every flavor, that is, don't You know, they? that was xenophobic and racist. That was. Me, and Thank you. Hashtag That's me right. too. Naruto runners are all colors. <laughs> Right. Hey, today we got a guest that's a good friend of mine. Thankful that he would take some time. He's actually skipping uh, his nap to be with us right now. No way. I, I, yes. <sighs> this is my friend Jonathan Colby. Jonathan and I went to college together. He is a uh, missionary kid from Guyana and uh, now serves as a pastor at a church in western New York. Colby, thanks for being with us. Yeah, certainly. Glad to be here. Give us, uh, just go ahead and give us, you know, the, the four-minute version of your life story. Well, you kind of started off, I mean, I was an MK in uh, Guyana, South America, uh, not to be confused with Ghana, Africa, and mm-hmm. I met Jared at freshman year college in uh, Pennsylvania, and I was very, um, I thought Jared's spirituality had some room for growth. <laughs> wow, join the club, Colby. In the evening. Join the club, Colby. <laughs> So Colby rolled in to college, I think fresh off the field, right? Pretty uh, much, yeah. And uh, he's a very disciplined person. Mm-hmm. And he was concerned by the lack of discipline by those in the dorm, <laughs> including myself. You know, like playing video games, um, <laughs> sorted speech like crap and whatnot. Wow. And also, a, a very serious point of concern for him was how, how often people would eat pizza 
after 10 o'clock at night. That seemed like a very undisciplined thing to him. Colby, that seems reasonable to me. In Leviticus, it very clearly lays that out. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you read the Old Testament, it's, I mean, I was in bed by 10, so what are these people being up <laughs> and eating pizza? So. Well, even in college, wouldn't you like get up at four in the morning or something like that? <laughs> I was on security, but either without security, I was up and I'll be bouncing over to meet you guys for breakfast, and you're like, shut up. <laughs> this is true. Kobe was one of our safety officers and delighted to give people a ticket. Didn't you give the college president a ticket at one point? I'm not sure if I did that, but I definitely gave my future wife a ticket. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. Yeah. That's a good hook right That's there. That's how you woo him right there. Exactly. <laughs> Hold on. I need to give you a ticket. By the way... <laughs> What are you doing Friday night? <laughs> I'm talking, uh, obviously, before 10 o'clock. Right, because... And, <laughs> I'll be in bed. And there'll be no eating pizza. That's right. I and mean, all godly people turn in. Oh, that's great. Uh, Colby then went on to go to grad school seminary in Chicago. Got uh, a Master of Arts in Old Testament. Uh, Colby, remind us, what's the um, what was the subject matter of your thesis? Yeah, sometimes I forget myself because <laughs> it was so obscure. But uh, it's... Uh, basically the use of the definite article on place names in the Old Testament historical books. Wow, if I had a nickel um, for every time I heard that. I think you actually, yeah, in I your title, I think you used the word toponym, right? Yeah, topographical toponym. Or something <laughs> like that. Wow. I don't know. I think I'm having a seizure just listening to that. My brain cannot get wrapped around that concept. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing, man. Uh but uh, I think it was footnoted in one book by my uh, second reader of my thesis. I think he did that just out of pity for me. <laughs> so, so it's referenced in a published got, work. He got footnoted. That's great. That's awesome. That's great. And you, um, I think you, you bought your second beach house off the royalties from the publication of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think seminary makes anyone rich. It sure uh, does But I definitely... You know, was on the track. To, I wanted to teach at, you know, teach Hebrew at a seminary or college level, and um, it's a bad. I mean, and that was right at a time when the the Bible colleges started having issues. You know, uh, to the, I graduated 2011, and um, I didn't know what to do with my life. So my uh, pastor, of my church, told me that I should do an internship with him for a year, and that's when God called me to be in ministry. And then I was a uh, associate pastor for three and a half years in near Chicago, and then I got called out for uh, almost five years ago to here to Western New York in the lovely, uh, lovely hamlet of Allegheny. Allegheny, hamlet, he said. Excellent, the hamlet I... of Allegheny. I've uh, here's a, a really funny, weird piece of trivia. Okay, so the church that he's at and the yeah. area that he's at is yeah. where my wife's family's from. Okay. Uh, my wife's grandparents and my wife's uncle and her family go to that church. No way. So this is like the church that I think her dad grew up at, if I'm not mistaken. And now yep. my friend Colby's the, the pastor there. That's fantastic. Small world. And Colby, how long you been there? Uh, I've been, uh, it was March. It was, was four years, so a little four years. Wow. What was the biggest challenge you found when you uh, when you got there? Well, I think, I guess the biggest challenge, it wasn't necessarily specific to this area was yes. just being a senior pastor sure um and you know of, a, of, a, of the church and basically you, a lot of responsibility gets placed on you um pre- preaching twice a week uh, and trying to get to know all the people and their problems and and trying to encourage them i guess also i was 29 when i got here and most of our church is in their 60s um gotcha. we have you know, people older and younger but it's like you know i'm at a I'm at a board meeting at our church, and all these guys are as old as my dad, you know? Wow. So I guess there was some 
it, those are some of the challenges. Um, learning the culture, obviously, is it's the culture out here is different than it was near Chicago or anywhere else. Sure, we're definitely rural. Like I hunt deer on church property. Wow, um, we do that here too but, uh, in uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah, a little bit. So, but it's also we have a university, a Division One university, five minutes away. Wow. So you kind of have a, a we have we have engineers and professors in our congregation, but you know it's it's definitely a rural area. Yeah. Um, so. Wow, you have a wide swath of people. You know, Jared actually hunts cats up at the amphitheater near our uh, do, in yeah. our church. Yeah, <laughs> but I waterboard them. Yeah, that's, that's true. I, that's my preferred method. He tortures them first, and again, I don't know if that's biblical. It, it actually is. Yeah, if you yeah. if you look there. In Genesis 56, we find really? a, a unique instance. <laughs> Genesis 56. Uh, unique instance. Hey, everybody, for those of you at home, that's a little Bible humor. <laughs> safely. Good night. That's right. That's some inside Bible baseball there right go. there. Hey, thanks for being here. Try the wafers. Good that's night. That's right. Tip your waiters. Thanks so much. Um, so, Jared. Yeah. You guys. The two of you. Colby and I have been friends for a long time. And it's, long it's time. really cool that we've kept in touch this long. I mean, how long? When, we graduated in, what, 2004? Colby's? Um, I think we graduated at the end of 2007. We met in 2004. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I graduated so, high school. In t- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm catching up now. Yeah. <clears throat> 2007. Wow. That's right. So I can't do math, but uh, what, 12 years? We've been yeah. hanging out for 12 years. That's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Or more than that. Man, I can't do math at all. 15 years. Okay, we started in 2004. <laughs> do you need a pencil? Uh, and maybe you want to take your shoes off so you can uh, count your toes? Maybe? It's like I eat ice cream too fast. I know. I know. I know. I get that. <laughs> Colby, you've had. Um, Recently had, you can take your shoes off. Yeah, we got the kids here too, so it's a yeah. Full so if you right hear now. babies in the background, yeah. it's totally fine. They're taking care of each other. So and there's bring not, your kid to podcast day. So right, and yeah. there's only three sharp objects in the room. One of which is a machete. That's right. Yeah, they'll well, be the, fine though. The, they'll be fine. The flamethrower we put away, right? Yeah. No, I put that away. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That's there she perfect. Is. Look at that, Colby. You've had some uh, some pretty significant health struggles the last year. Um, so I'd love for you to just kind of give us an overview of what you've gone through, but I'm especially curious, you know, we're the same age, we're young, we're virile men, uh, really in the prime of our life. And I think to go through, to go through health struggles just at that age is not expected. So I'm curious how you've kind of walked through that, just maintaining hope in Christ, how you've maintained faithfulness to your family and ministry. So can you give us an overview of what you're going through and then just talk about how that experience has been for you and your family? Yeah, I haven't, I'm not the, you know, bounce off the wall, charismatic, you know, kind of guy anyway, you know, but uh, about when I was in seminary, I started developing like food issues, intolerances, and then it just continued to get worse. And when I got here, uh, I just, I kind of last few years struggled with energy issues. You know, my diet's restricted to like eating meat and vegetables and eggs. It's kind of boring because mm-hmm. uh, you can't do like things like coffee and, and sugar. Oof. It's very not not fun. Hmm. Um, Can I you be a Baptist pastor and not be addicted to coffee? Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, it is possible. I actually stopped drinking coffee, and it was like the worst two months of my life. Yes. Wow. It, was, it was brutal. Yeah, it's how you get but, the DTs. Um, but I think it was about close to two years ago. Been two two years ago in the fall that I basically just hit hit a wall and didn't know what to do. Um, so the the following year, I went to the like the February of. 2017 or yeah i went to the deacons and, or and asked them you know of 18 and just ask them i can't go on any further you know and so i got a health leave and figured out it was lyme's disease and basically uh pursued treatment through various doctors and did not really get help till this year 
Hmm. Um, when I went out to a clinic in Kansas, um, and they helped me and then I got better from that. And then I, I had, I had a relapse this summer and, uh, when I back to the clinic, found out it was mold exposure in our house. So now we need to move oh. out of our house and have it worked on. Um, so it's just one thing after another, but I guess the worst thing about the whole, uh, my whole struggle was the mental fog or the brain fog yeah. that came with this disease. It's yeah. like when I'm feeling bad, it's like a switch in my mind flips and I'm not able to focus on anything. Like it was, it was torture to write sermons. Um, I, when I was really, really bad, I didn't have any emotions. It was hard to relate to my wife when you don't have emotions, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and I spent a lot of days in bed. So I guess the, the hardest part was that there was definitely physical fatigue, but the worst part of it was just not being able to think. And when you can't think, you can't think that you can't think. Yes. <laughs> you get my drift there. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it was just like, and when I would come out of that, out of those, you know, those times, those really dark times, it was like, oh my word, I feel like a new person again. So I guess it was, you know, when I was in those really dark times, it was like, I did not have hope. Um, yes. And it was, a, it was a very sad place to be. Um, wow. So I guess it made me a lot, of, lot more sympathetic to people who go through severe depression or have mental uh, mental illness or anything like that. Um, Absolutely. And, well, and for so, you as I mean, a senior pastor, too, I mean, talking about all the people that you have to deal with from different different uh, realms, if you will, and, and it, everybody looks to you, I'm sure, as, as a senior pastor, they're, they're, they're looking to the pastor, like, hey, make everything all right, and they've got their own issues. Meanwhile, you're struggling immensely. So, I mean, where, how do you, just practically, what did that look like as you walk through all of that to, to, to try to deal with that? You just, you just gut it out day to day? Yeah, I mean, I had a, I mean, I have, you know, I had to tell, I mean, I had another health leave uh, for three months uh, beginning of this year, so I could, you know, address some of my health issues. But a lot of it looked like, you know, very patient family, uh, very patient church, um, three men in our church that would help, you know, preach. I would have men come in from other churches to preach, um, you know, so that it looked a lot like that. It just looked, it was, it was, it's very miserable, and and it's hard when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. To wonder if it's ever going to end. You yes. Know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I guess, and uh, uh, Jared uh, told me uh, some of the parameters of what you guys want to ask me. And I just, thinking through, you know, the last couple of years, you know, now that I'm feeling better, I can actually have some perspective. Yes. You uh, know, and I've prayed over the last few years is that God would help us as a church to long for heaven. And I think he's answering that because I feel like my plans, you know, when I was feeling awful, or when I'm feeling good, my next step is to get to heaven. Like yeah. I don't have any grand life goals, you know, like that's the next step. Yeah. Um, whether it be in three years or 30 years or whatever, you know, yes. that God takes me or he comes back. So I think, I think it had a really powerful effect on me in changing the, if you want to use a nice, the telos, the goal of my life is that I would, you know, that that's the goal is I want to see Jesus face to face and it kind of reorients your life a lot. Um, because it's when you're when you all your food's taken away from you, um, funds taken away from you, energy's taken away from you. Like, what's next? And if you don't have anything next, you're going to be suicidal and try to end your life. Wow. But if you have Christ as your hope, then you say that's the next step. However painful it's here, I have Christ, and it's going to be so much better. And a lot of people look at me and say, "How can you 
eat that diet that you have where you don't any any anything that's fun you know it's meat yeah. and vegetables yeah, yeah 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 um and i say the marriage of supper of the lamb is going to be so much more awesome <laughs> Yeah. than anything we have here. And I actually look forward to it. Like, it's going to be tomorrow. Like, looking forward to, like, I'm going to go to a smorgasbord tomorrow, where I thought, Tim Jared put something in the restaurant on Facebook earlier, looking forward to hot dogs or something. Oh, brother, and there's a hot dog place yeah. finally coming here to town. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, uh, Marriage Up with the Lamb, that's coming down. It's yeah. going to be great. It really, yeah, yeah. and I don't know if you know this, there's actually... Um, there's some documents in the Pseudepigrapha that indicate that the Marriage Supper of the Lamb will be exclusively hot dogs and encased meats, and I'm pretty excited <laughs> Wait, about Wait, did you just say Pseudepigrapha? Yeah. Do you, what do you do, Devo? Will, will you quit making up words? I mean, that's first of all, that's sinful in itself. You're leading our, our flock astray here. The Pseudepigrapha. Oh, my God. <coughs> wow. Welcome it's back the, to Theologically Today. That's right. And here we are again with our host... Uh, so, you know, I, there are so many things that are going through my head right now, Colby, as you talk about this. But, you know, what's what's amazing is that, you know, because it's real easy as a Christian, I think, to talk about, oh, yeah, suffering and everything. It makes you stronger and it helps you helps you grow closer to God and everything. But, you know, when you when you really face things like that, and I'm thinking about people in the news right now who are uh, pastors and people who've fallen on what they consider difficult times, I would I would compare them to your your difficulties and say they probably look like nothing, and then they turn away from their faith. Right, and I think it's amazing that it it grounded you even further. To me, that's that is such a hopeful. If I was if I was a con in the congregation of your church, that would that would give me strength to watch somebody walk through that and turn to God in a real way and not just because, I don't know, I, I, as a Christian, I pay lip service to that all the time, and then I go through something that I consider to be a trial, and I'm like, oh my gosh, my, my sanctification is horrible right now because I'm... <laughs> yeah, and Kobe, know? talk to us about that process, because I think, um, you know, the title of our show is Christianese, and it can be kind of a Christianese phrase that like, well, the Lord just met me in my suffering and everything was fine. And I think, you know, sometimes we talk about that kind of as a Christian platitude, and then the reality of it is something different, and it is often in hard times when people are squeezed that... Either the veracity or the the falseness of their faith is kind of exposed. I mean, we think of even some celebrity pastors that have walked away from from the faith recently. So, how is it that God kind of grew you through that process? Um, was it you know kind of an intuitive? Yep, I believe this, and I'm just going to keep believing it. Obviously, there were probably struggles there. Do you mind sharing some of that? Yeah, I think you know. Obviously, if since I made it through the last two years because of God's intervention in my life, you know, in his mercy, you know, that that's the only way it happened. Um, it wasn't, you know, something special in me, but I would say, you know, I guess a few things happened is number one, I, my sin was exposed in more radical ways. And so that you just are, it's painful, you know, obviously the physical pain, mental pain, but also the pain of just seeing how ugly you are, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, um, I guess it's, um, I guess, the some some months were just it like felt like hell for the lack of a better term yeah. you know yeah um and i guess something that really just helped me was uh, reading through the psalms every month hmm. um a few years back i found out about that that this has been a practice of christians for many years hundreds of years and i provided an you know a schedule for my church and then i started using it too hmm. and there's some really dark. There's some really dark and deep things in the Psalms, yeah. and I actually resonated with those. You know, darkness is my only companion. I think that's the end of Psalm 88. Yeah. Um. You know, and just some of the pictures and metaphors of the Psalms were just like the the darkness and the pain and the anger. 
you know, the hatred that are in there. Right. Um, like I could resonate with those. Um, and you're not going to get that from Joel Olstein. <laughs> <laughs> well, you so, might, but it'll uh, cost you fifty nine ninety five, Colby. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, continue. I'm sorry. I interrupted you there. Yeah. 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 So I guess it's the, it's some of the standard things that help you, you know, through prayer and God's word, God's people, you know, that help you through whether, however you're feeling or doing is that's how God sustains people. Um, but yeah, I guess I've never been through suffering like this before and it completely changes your perspective, you know, for other people too. Uh, kind of like Dan was saying, um, I think my wife would say that church needed to see me suffer, um, and see me to, to persevere. And that, that's, a, that's an encouragement. I'm encouraged when I see, you know, the few people that have canes that come to our church, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, them yeah. hobble in Sunday after Sunday, even though they're in a lot of pain. Yes. You know? yeah, yeah, and yeah. that encourages me, you know? Yeah. And their their chronic issues are worse than mine. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's it's something that the, the body of Christ, like the, the church, we we encourage one another when we just show up. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, absolutely. You know, Jared says that all the time. Like, at, at church, he'll say, like, we need your families, you know? I mean, because I think as, as we get consumeristic in church, and it's like, well, am I getting what I need here? Am I am I growing? Am I learning? And and a lot of times, it's not about that. It's about, hey, what, what are you, who, who you are, what, what that can provide to church and, and add to the family of believers. That's just as important as what we think we need to get out of it, right? Yeah, and there's accountability and encouragement that comes, as Colby said, just from being there, right? Yeah. Just from looking around the room, and especially right. when you know people to know, I know what that person's going through and that person's going through. Exactly. And yet we're all singing the same praise to the same Savior and still dependent all in the same way on His grace. And I'm struck by, you know, we've talked about this in, in episodes before about trials and suffering and what that means and what that looks like as you go through it, whether you're, whether you're a believer or a non-believer. Um, you know, uh, f- and I think it's so practical. What I love about what you just said, too, is that there was there was pragmatic, practical approaches like, okay, I got to get somebody in here to, I got to delegate, have some other people preach, I have to have some deacon step up, and other men in the church help this. And I, also, then what I put before me, what I put in front of me, what I feed my soul with practically is the Psalms, you know, and to not, and, and to, to really not be afraid to look at something that's dark, like you said in Psalm 88, and allow that to resonate. Because you know, a lot of times I think I think people, especially people looking from the outside in at the church, is like, oh, everything's happy, shiny all the time, and then they'll see things in the Old Testament. They're like, oh my gosh, what is what is that all about? You know, and it's like, well, yeah, that's part of that's part of life, right? That's to me why the Bible is true because it's not shiny, happy, polished all the time. It shows people and all of the warts and everything. If you're going to create a religion, you're you're not going to create one that is as dark and shows broken people and. And, and the underbelly and the dark side of humanity that, that the Bible reveals, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just love the fact that you're, we're going through this book right now, The Discipline of Grace, in our, our, our small group, and it talks about, like, in, during sanctification, what do, you, what do you feed yourself with to aid that process? And I just love the fact that you, you turn to the Psalms in a real way, and that's just, that's so helpful. I think that, uh, I don't know, I just, I love, I love that approach, because a lot of times it all is just theory. It's like, okay, when we, when we suffer, what's that, you know, what do we, what do we do? Is it, are we just depending on a feeling to get us through this, you know? Yeah, and I think yeah. I think it's Tim Keller that says we we know that suffering itself isn't evil because Jesus came and suffered on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about the Christian worldview is it gives meaning and purpose and explanation to suffering, right? So it's not just I was just talking with somebody the other day, uh, kind of struggling. They were struggling through 
God's sovereignty over bad things that happen. And just kind of asking, well, think about the alternative. If God's not sovereign over bad things that happen, then there's this dualistic pull between good and evil, and we don't really know who's going to win, right? Right, right? And one of the great messages of Christianity is that uh, hard times are not wasted, but in fact, they're, they're brought into our life by a loving Father who even in the midst of other people's sin or the, the brokenness of this world because of sin uh, can be used to, to cause us to grow and cause other people to grow. And I just think that gives purpose to something that can feel senseless, right? Having food allergies that are crippling and Lyme's disease can seem senseless, um, but like you said, God is using it to grow you, to grow your family, and to encourage the church family, and that's good. That's good news. Yeah, something I was, some perspective I was trying to get on on this whole whole time in my life is, you know, often we as Americans and Christians are very consumeristic. You know, mm-hmm. we are looking, we come to church sometimes as spectators. We want to see what we can get, and so what we can give. Yep. And I think this whole time in the last two years has really changed. Changed because I'm a pastor. I want people to come to my church. You know, I yeah. want to do things that they like. Sure. You know, but it's kind of a, a changed my perspective from um, trying to appeal to consumers to help pilgrims endure. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I see when I want to, when I come to church, I need help for the next step of the journey as a pilgrim, you know, yeah. sojourner, alien, whatever you want to, what do you call it? And I think that's, I think it's affected the way I, my way I minister to my people is that, you know, these, these people that are coming, coming to church for decades, they don't, they aren't consumers. They they need help to get to the next step. Yeah. Uh, they need help to get to Monday. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's why I need help too. It's helped me. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you if you if you do want to know what brings people in and what people want, I, I got two answers for you: highlights in your hair and skinny jeans. That's so true, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially I mean, um, yeah. people who are in their sixties in Western New York. They love they love that. They that. love that. And I think <laughs> I as much it. as if you can, I don't know if your wife can do this or if you can do this again. I don't want to be misogynistic, but if you bedazzle the back of your shirt too, yeah. to go along with the skinny jeans, yeah. I think that is appealing. Especially when it's on a cross, kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. And then I would say lasers and smoke during worship. Now you guys do that, right, Colby? You guys dim the lights and do use a fogger and things like that. Uh, we have enough fog outside that we don't need it inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. For those of you at home, that was a little cynicism on Jared and my behalf. Yep, forgive us. <clears throat> We're yeah. working it out. We're in therapy together. Dan and I therapize each other, which is why it's really just a cynical, dark drain hole that we're swirling down together. Oh, my God. Colbs, as you would kind of reflect on what God has taught you the last few years, um, both as a person and as a pastor... What are some encouragements you would give to people who are going through health struggles right now or who are, are just going through difficult times in life? I, I know the best place for us is to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And if we're not going to do that ourselves, God's going to do it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I feel like this is a journey of humility for me, you know, because I've lost a lot. You know, I'm not the person I used to be. Um, I guess another thing is that God disciplines those he loves. So if you are undergoing the discipline of God, it shows his love. So in, if you're feeling the pain, it's, you're feeling the love. I know it's, mm. it's hard to feel it when you're in the midst of it, yeah. but it's true. Um, I don't know. I guess I would say another encouragement is just be with people. The suffering is isolating. Get around other Christians and just pray. You don't want to do anything fancy. Um, something I'm doing is getting together with two other pastors every week just to pray and to talk, you know. Um, I would say just don't isolate yourself, be with other people. Um, but yeah, God is not finished. And I think that the more you saturate your mind with the scripture, it, it 
your suffering will make more sense because it, this, the um, Bible is riddled with people who suffer for Christ and church history as well. Um, so what you're going through is not unique because God is doing it in the lives of many, many other people around the globe. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's so important, and I think that's one thing that that I see in Jared and I as we, we look at how culture views the church a lot of times. If you watch a lot of people who are trying to commute—they're trying to create their own sense of community, like we've talked about these atheist or non-believing groups who right. kind of form their own churches, if you will, but because they're looking for that community, yeah. but it never works out the same because there's nothing like the bond of once you're in Christ, and that supersedes everything else. I mean, you can't, you can't explain that to somebody until you've experienced that like like you were saying that 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 sense of of community and getting to people and being around people and people who have that that strong identity in Christ because our first instinct at least mine is when I start going through any kind of a trial is to isolate and I think it's because I'm a guy mm-hmm. too I think guys do that maybe even more than women do I yeah. don't know yeah uh, but that's that's really encouraging I think that's I think that's great and that's something that we have within the church that I think is is hugely valuable that's that sense of, of belonging to something that transcends our yeah, regular and, and Kobe, I appreciate what you said because um, I think, I think a lot of us measure what we think is God's favor to us based on how much fun we're having and how comfortable we are. And mm-hmm. I appreciate the perspective of actually one of the ways God shows His love for us is to lead us through hard times because that actually clarifies what's important and reorients our priorities. It's in good times when we become distracted and in some ways diverted from faithfulness to Christ and from the mission that God has called us to. Um, and I think it's Solomon in Ecclesiastes that talks about it's better to be in the house of mourning than the house of celebration, right? Mm-hmm. Because there mm-hmm. you're reminded of your end. Um, and I think we've all experienced that, right? We've all sat at funerals. We're all sat with people at the hospital and, and kind of remembered, man, life is short. I need, <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to kind of rethink what I'm doing with my life here. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just think that's a good perspective. You know, I think if we think that the, the goal of life is comfort, then hard times are a sign of God's judgment. But if, as Piper and others talk about, the goal of life is holiness and faithfulness to Christ, then suffering isn't a, time, uh, a sign of God's judgment. It's actually a sign of God's grace, right? Yeah. Where he loves mm-hmm. us enough to refine us. He loves us enough to not leave us in our sin and our apathy and our complacency. Yeah. But just as he pursues us in salvation, he continues to pursue us in sanctification to refine us and, and give us better priorities and, and a greater fidelity to, to what he is and, and what he calls us to be. Maybe I'm crazy, but listening to you two guys, I think maybe you should go into ministry because I think you may have a future in this. <laughs> Well, we're going to take this on the road, I think. We, really? Um, we just uh, attached ourselves to a circus. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I thought you guys were going to be t- t- touring the country with Bill O'Reilly, and uh, <laughs> you guys, you're doing, a, you're doing, doing that. A, yeah. that thing, right? We're calling it yeah. uh, we'll Killing... Do it, do it live. We'll do it live! <laughs> oh, like killing America or something like that. <laughs> murdering, yeah. murdering, murdering America. America. <laughs> with Bill O'Reilly, Jonathan Colby, and Jared Burke. Oh, my gosh. Because Man. Bill O'Reilly and I have a lot in common. <laughs> Lots. Just your hairline, I think that's all you guys have in common. And our famous tempers. What? Uh, what? Yeah, right. I've seen that meltdown happen right before service. Absolutely. (laughs) Colby, do you think any of this is related to how much breakfast sausage you ate in college? Well, we have a Jared and I actually have another friend in common um, that has some health issues as well. And we and we were. I was talking to this 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 guy. um, This Josh. And we were. We said, yeah, Josh. And he he. We basically said. Do you know what? Our health issues started right after college. <laughs> well, I think that we what all walked away with something. <laughs> I can't really drink milk now after drinking milk in college. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know, man. I think maybe you guys picked up something weird in the mission field. You know what I mean? Well, I think something at Baptist Bible colleges. I worked <laughs> uh-huh. in a dish pit and would walk oh, through the I kitchen remember. several times. And it's, uh, <laughs> the dish pit. That's yeah. so funny because I remember you saying that because my son Danny now right. is at Biola and he works in the dish pit. And uh, <laughs> Literally, there's a trap door to hell right there. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Colby, we are so appreciative that you would join us and would love to be able to call you again because your insights are super helpful because, again, I think we all talk about suffering and trials and stuff, but until you hear somebody really lay out something that is... Uh, Wow, that is real, and, and then to see how you've come through it—it's—it's it's really an encouragement to me and I and uh, to our to our listeners, all two of them, I'm sure. Um, well, you know, Lisa's listening. Yeah. Thanks, mom. Thanks, Lisa Burkholder. <laughs> hey, Colby, this isn't a church. In fact, it's a podcast. But if somebody wanted to be praying for you and your family, what's what's a way that they could do that? Um, yeah, I mean, endurance is always is a is a thing that's uh, Paul prays for in Colossians chapter one. But yeah, endurance, like that's that's the main key to make it to the next day. And um, yeah, endurance for for the next day and for the next week um, is, is what we need. Um, that's fantastic. That is, that's that's well said. Uh, yeah, we uh, we really appreciate you being on. We'd like to call you anytime. For those of you listening at home, if you have a question for Colby or for us or comments or ideas about future episodes, please, please, please email us at blessing. Or questions for Bill O'Reilly. Or uh, questions for slip, Bill O'Reilly. We we'll make sure we get now, those yeah. to you through Newsmax. Uh, so it's <laughs> it's blessingfilledhosts at gmail.com. Blessingfilledhosts at gmail.com. What else, Jared? Uh, you know what? Let's let Colby take a nap. Yeah, let's let Colby take a nap. And I was going to say, also, I was kind of leading you here. You couldn't tell because I wasn't really signaling it very well, but they could give us a review. at. at, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. Dan, um, another thing that they could do is that they could leave us a review on... Oh, that's perfect. Uh, that was so smooth. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> on the <laughs> on, on Apple, Apple podcast. <laughs> wow. Because you know, Dan, when they leave us a review or give us a five <laughs> or even four star rating, that helps other people find us because it bumps us to the top of the list. There Absolutely. is actually another podcast called Christianese, and we intend There's two to of them, as matter unseat fact. them. Oh, we're going to unseat those guys in a very Christian loving way, but man, I'll tell you what. Grind them. Yeah. To a pulp. To bits. Yeah. To bits. In his mercy. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, thank you very much. Again, uh, blessingfieldhost at gmail.com. Colby, thanks for joining us, and uh, we will see you next next time, time. next week. Blessings. Blessings. Thank you, gentlemen.